Welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Job Talk. I'm Kat Troyer. I'm Liz Bronson. And I'm so excited. We have a very special guest tonight. Many of you know her on the Twitters as Comms Ninja. We know her as Amy Lewis. Amy, welcome to the show. I am so excited to be here. Long time listener, first time guest. Well, hopefully this is just your first time because we're so excited <laughs> yeah. to have you. First of all, yes. As I invite myself, people warn you. <laughs> it's like letting a camel into a tent. <laughs> There's no getting it back out. <laughs> well, I thought rather than introducing you, I would let you kind of introduce yourself to the, our audience members who don't already know you. Um, which is probably everyone. <laughs> um, so hello, everyone. I'm Amy Lewis. As Kat said, uh, my other identity is probably at Comms Ninja because Amy Lewis is so common that uh, I had to have some other secret identity online, <laughs> which is probably the inverse of what Superman was up to. So I can't make that <laughs> analogy. I am... Um, Currently, my work life is influence marketing at VMware. I have had several roles like that over the last few years in technology. Before that, I did 10 years in traditional book publishing. So I've had multiple reinventions, many times to apply the advice that these ladies have shared on the podcast. So... Well, we're super happy to have you here tonight. Yes. And today, we I mean, I can think of like 10 different things we could talk to you about just from your intro. But today we're going to deep dive into a talk into a topic that's plagued so many of us and that it's getting a lot of buzz. There's a lot of um talk around imposter syndrome. And in today's informational age, where we have the world at our fingertips, we're constantly being asked to be or being expected to be subject matter experts. And we find ourselves on the spot being asked to speak intelligently about something that we don't feel like we're expert enough to be asked about. So we also have that helping hindrance of social media to highlight our connections, accomplishments, and make us feel like we're not enough. And the definition would be like a belief that you're an inadequate and incompetent failure, despite evidence that indicates that you're skilled and quite successful. And like, it is- I have no idea what that feels like. No, no. (laughs) but it's crazy to me. The people that I talk to, I mean, I, I interview some really senior folks that are amazing and have pedigrees and degrees and all kinds of stuff. And I sit there like, I can't believe they're talking to me. But at the same time, like, I can't believe they feel like they're an imposter. And it's like mind blowing. So we're going to talk about it today. And I guess to start all that out, Amy, what's your take on imposter syndrome? Like, what's your thoughts around that? And what do you see? Um, It's funny because I get asked that a lot. Uh, cause I do some public speaking and, and I think that's one of the triggers for a lot of people. Um, a buddy of mine would say, this is a clinical diagnosis. You can't self-diagnose, uh, imposter syndrome. I'll, um, I'm calling him out. I'm going to leave him nameless, but he knows who it is. Uh, I, and, and I get his point, right? Like that there's probably clinical definitions of it. I think what we're talking about is that working definition of, of, like you said, just, a, a, an almost panic inducing, fear of, of not being worthy of fulfilling whatever task it is you've been asked to, to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of people, like I said, a, lot, a trigger so often is public speaking. Mm-hmm. So I was uh, doing a talk about how to sort of project your best self at uh, the VMUG in the Netherlands to start off with sort of the joking, you know, 
somebody asked, you know, what do you do about imposter syndrome? And I said, well, who amongst us doesn't have it? And somebody shouted out salespeople. (laughs) 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 So if you're for, for the sales folks listening, maybe you're excluded from this. Maybe this is not your episode, but (laughs) for so many others of us, you know, part of being vulnerable is to be able to learn, is to be able to teach somebody else something. Mm-hmm. So we probably have all had that moment. The irony of probably feeling imposter syndrome when we're being called on to do the very thing we are an expert in. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, you wouldn't even invoke it if you were being called on to do something you truly didn't know how to do. If somebody came to me and said, Amy, slap some ice skates on, we're going to go play <laughs> hockey. I've ice skated twice, three times in my whole life. I've never held, you know, a stick. I would, I've never even put on hockey skates. It would be a disaster. So it wouldn't, I wouldn't feel imposter syndrome, right? I would feel like a drunken calf on ice. This would be an adventure. (laughs) I'd probably, you guys know me well enough to know, I'd probably say yes and see what happens, but it'd be a video hit, right? (laughs) Well, I'd love to see that with maybe a unicorn mask. just embellishing. (laughs) Um, But, you know, nobody's going to expect that's that's going to be something I'm going to be good at. And the funny part is I think it kicks in when we do have some level of expertise Mm -hmm. and you, you think about the, I always mess up the name of it, but the chart where you're sort of at the hill of, you think you're good at something because you don't know how bad at it you are. And then you kind of learn how to do something a little bit. And then you realize like, oh, wow, I'm not great at this or people who are really good. And then eventually you kind of crest again and come back up of you actually gain mastery. So you kind of silence the the doubts because you are actually becoming an expert in it. And so you can see where you truthfully evaluate yourself. Mm-hmm. And I try to think about that when imposter syndrome strikes, because of course mm-hmm. it does. So I'm, I'm talking this great talk because... Mm-hmm. I'm talking to you guys. You're making me feel comfortable, but am I even an expert enough to talk about imposter syndrome? It's it's just like that little devil on your shoulder that kicks in. Who am I to tell anybody else what this is and how to get through it? Well, and I love how you said like that it's public speaking and I see it a lot in career coaching and interviewing. Like, well, I can't go and interview for that job because I'm not qualified. I'm like, what part of your resume isn't qualified for that? But I would say it ha- it's happened to me going in a pitch meeting where I'm like, why would they hire me to be their acting head of recruiting? Like that'd be, who am I to do that? Oh, wait, because I actually could do that. And I can do that. But you could do it well. But it's that thing, that right. moment where you're putting yourself out there and taking a risk where I think there's some self-talk of who am I to take this risk? My analogy is always that... Um... I've never been a trapeze artist. That would be another entertaining thing to watch me try to do. But that feeling that when you look up and watch, that feeling that must happen between the swings, right? When you're when you're crossing that chasm between you're safely attached in one and you're going to the next. Or people talk about that when they're climbing and they unhook and hook to the next thing. Um, right. That moment or in a relay race, right? The baton gets dropped. Any of those transitional moments... Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Or when we have that, you know, am I enough? Am I enough? And, mm-hmm. and some people seem to have this natural confidence or bravado that carries them through. And for the rest of us, I think we have to f- fake it a little bit or mm-hmm. tell the doubting voice to shut up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, maybe, maybe we should all print our resumes and like tack them to the wall just beside us because you know how that feels. Sometimes you look at it and you go, that is me. I did do that. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think the reality is, is we all have fear and doubts, right? And they come up at inopportune times. And I think that sometimes imposter syndrome may just be uh, one of those, you know, one of those inopportune times where those kind of fears and doubts show up and then they can escalate if we, if we're not careful or if we're not, if we don't know how to, how to respond to that, because Mm -hmm. I mean, I spend a fair amount of my day talking back to myself and, you know, telling myself what is true and and questioning some of my thoughts. And, you know, most people I, you know, most people I know who get real, you know, will, will cop to that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a fair amount of, uh, you know, telling, telling ourselves what, what, what's real. Yeah. Uh, So how do you guys, I mean, both of you, how do you talk back to yourselves? I have a friend who, I just love this. And I use this one with my kids all the time. Um, she uh, she refers to her lizard brain as Steve. And she says, <laughs> shut up, Steve. <laughs> Which I think is just a hoot. Um, for me, it, it is, you know, we did a Geek Whispers episode a million years back. And it was talking a little bit about this and fear of public speaking. And I so clearly remember the advice of if you're asked to do this. And again, putting on public speaking, but if you're asked to be there in the interview at the podium, wherever it is, you're being called on to be your full present self. And maybe even you plus one a little bit that day, you're the one who's been called in to do that. So assume that you have the room, assume that you have the right. Mm-hmm. And, and it was the simplest and it's the most calming thing. So when I get that washed over me, I think, yeah, but you know what? I'm here. I've been mm-hmm. asked to do this and I'm going to carry through. Mm-hmm. And so it's very finite and very, um, simple afterward, you know, my introvert self can kick in and that's a whole other level. Sure. Right. The, the post doubt, Mm -hmm. but in that moment to kind of get through that thing, Mm -hmm. you know, it is, it is as simple as you've been asked to this interview. You've been asked to this podium. You've Mm -hmm. been asked to present in this room, Mm -hmm. whatever size it is. You're the expert for this few set of minutes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about you, Kat? Because you, you said it's most of your day. So, <laughs> well, most of my day was an exaggeration. But yeah, I mean, occasionally those random thoughts come come through that aren't supportive. And, you know, hopefully I'm aware that they're coming through, right? Because when we don't have awareness, it's harder to combat them. But, um, you know, sometimes I just, I just have to tell myself what the truth is, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I remember when I was, when I first started doing uh, coaching with executives, right? I mean, the reality is I've been coaching with executives my whole career when I was doing recruiting. But, you know, when I first started doing more executive coaching, I would have a little bit of, oh, who am I to do this? Am I qualified to this? And then I'd have to remind myself, well, yeah, actually you are. You've got X, Y, and Z certification. Not only that, you've you know, you've got a good sense of this person and, and you've got a good relationship with this particular executive. So, you know, whatever, whatever you can, you know, generally the, the messages are, uh, are not new, right? Like a lot of times we have these old, these old tapes that play. So the benefit to that is, you know, if, if you're, if you're giving yourself the same doubt, well then have some good responses to it, right? Have some good truths in your back pocket to be able to offset that. I love that. What are other things people can do to avoid when they feel that way? I wonder if you can. I feel like if you are avoiding it completely, you may not be pushing yourself mm-hmm. hard enough out of your comfort zone. And and maybe that's the the message to share of we all we all have doubt. Mm-hmm. It's just who amongst us, obviously excluding the salespeople. 
who amongst us like voices it, right? Poor salespeople. <laughs> but we all have fears, but who amongst us is allowing our fear to to drive us, right? right. To, you know, I mean, we can be so fearful that we don't take any risks. Mm-hmm. And, yes. you know, that's that's not fun, right? I mean, risks may be scary, but gosh, sometimes they're fun too, right? Yeah. When we push ourselves. And I love that, that concept of, you know, you're here now, like do this thing now. And if you, if it goes great, great. And if it doesn't dig in and do some more in that area, work Mm -hmm. on it. I had something that I felt like was a pretty big failure earlier in the year. And I used that as an opportunity. I was, I thought I was pretty honest with myself. Mm -hmm. I thought I'm good at one part of this, but this other piece of it didn't go well. So what can I do to improve? And I took mm-hmm. notes on it. And I think that's so important. My daughter had a choral concert this week. And one of the processes her teacher uses is recording it. And the very first thing they do the next day in class is watch it. And mm-hmm. they do a criticism of their piece and pros and cons. And and that's something I've, I've told people forever. If you do public speaking, if you do something where you're recorded, don't shy from the sound of your voice, mm-hmm. from the look of you on video, no matter what mm-hmm. it is face it and and learn from it because you've given away a gift of self-reflection if you don't. And mm-hmm. some people might say, oh my gosh, that's going to make my imposter syndrome so much worse. But almost every single time, mm-hmm. without a doubt, people flinch. But the more you do it, the more opportunity you have to grow and the more confident you become. Totally. I also think it's great to avoid feeling that way. It's it's great to have peers. Mm-hmm. People you know, who know I think you. especially for people like me and Kat, who are, we work for ourselves where we don't have real colleagues besides each other, <laughs> but it's nice to have community or other people that do what you do. Like I recently met a woman who lives locally, who does exactly what I do and has like a very similar mindset. And it has been such a gift because mm-hmm we can kind of talk through things in a way that you can't with a spouse or a friend or whatever. But I think, you know, I saw something on imposter syndrome on the women in product Facebook group yesterday. And I'm like, these people are phenomenal, but they were supporting each other. And I think there is something about community that helps avoid imposter syndrome, but it also could maybe make it worse? I don't know. What do you guys think? I think for me, I've always answer honestly, if people say, if you ever felt imposter syndrome, I will answer honestly. I try not to live inside it, if that makes sense. Because I think the fear is if you use it as a flag to hide behind, it becomes a cheap trick in some ways, which that may be harsh, but I think it's true. If, if you use it as a token, instead of truly digging in, I think when you dig in, it, however you do community, for me, it's I'm a very private person. So I, when I have that moment, I'm usually talking to somebody in, in private. I will very openly admit my flaws and, and things that concern me. But when it comes to kind of that phrase and that, that feedback loop, for me, like it's building a community of people I like and trust. And then a few people within that are the folks I go, well, I feel like I'm in over my head this time. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And And so I can get an honest feedback. If they say, I think you are a little bit over your skis, but I think you can do it. Here's how. Then that's feedback I can handle too. I don't feel like an imposter anymore. I feel scared maybe, but I feel like it's an opportunity. An opportunity to stretch. I think, I think having a few people, we've talked about this, you know, several times, having a few people in your circle that you trust that, 
can be your personal board of advisors, people that you turn to for these things. You know, it's hard sometimes to have, uh, to be objective when it comes to ourselves and to, to have a few people that know you well enough that can, you know, that can be honest with you and call you out sometimes too is, is, is important. I, I, I value those people that, um, tell me like it is, as opposed to the people that, you know, are never going to ruffle any, any feathers. I, I, you know, frankly, I'm, I'm fine with ruffling, be honest with me, give, give it to me how it is. And, you know, give me some constructive feedback that will actually make me better next time. Mm -hmm. Those are the people in my life that I really value, you know? I have a, another great, very recent story that's become a family favorite. Just within the last few days, we've repeated it multiple times, but a soccer coach of my daughter's was telling us a story because of course, before soccer tryouts, it's a time of real nerve wracking and mm-hmm. imposter syndrome, right? right? People feel like they have, you know, an extra set of feet or, or mm-hmm. you know, just don't have never seen a soccer ball. And these are, these are people with a lot of talent. So this kid comes to try out and she says, you know, well, what do you do? Because this is sort of the flip side story. And the kid's like, oh, I'm pretty good at everything. And you're like, hmm, okay. And uh, well, what do you like to play? Oh, just anything, everything. And then the next day tryouts come, the kid's late. They don't put their gear on. They don't kind of know what to do. And so I think all of us almost fear being that person in the story, but it's almost mm-hmm. a youthful story of going, no, okay, that's that's not me. I'm not like that person needs that honest feedback and it can't quite hear it because if they were observing, they could see at least casually, like I'm late and that's not good to be late for something you're going to do. So it, I, I love the, it kind of takes the sting out of some of our fears because you're like, okay, there's some folks walking out there. They're still functioning. They're getting along, but they probably aren't great at everything, but they haven't been able to hear the feedback yet. So they haven't even gotten the basics down. So I always, the other flip side of it is if you do have that kind of feeling, maybe another tip, do the basics. Can you show up on time? Can you be addressed appropriately? Can you have done your research? Can you bring your notes? Can you, what are you capable of that you can control? That's not your reaction or somebody's reaction to you. And if you kind of go, yeah, I I can, I know how to show up on time and I I know how to dress for this occasion or whatever it is that's going to give you that comfort. Then you can start to hack away a little bit at, at the, what may, what's up for judgment or debate, so to speak. Cause those things are just facts, right? You're either on time or you're not. And you're prepared or you're not Yeah, being prepared can make all the difference in the world, whether you have a successful experience or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And most of us really aren't so into that. I mean, that really has become the family watchword. Well, I'm pretty good at everything. Yeah. Like, okay. That's probably not true either. We probably all have strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think a key to not feeling that imposter syndrome is to be okay with knowing what you know and being yeah. authentic about it and being, yep. I'm confident that if you ask me a question, I don't know the answer that I don't have to BS it. I can right. tell you, I don't know, but let me think about it and get back to you. And mm-hmm. I think that when you're feeling imposter syndrome, that feels like the worst thing in the world you can say, but it's actually the it's truth and going to help you right. be more. That actually shows expertise because it's like, I don't know what I don't know. I agree. That puts you on the right place on that curve and you mm-hmm. don't become the, I'm pretty good at everything person. Well, and how many people do we know that aren't comfortable saying they don't know mm-hmm. something and just get themselves into trouble because they're not comfortable with that slight moment of being uncomfortable saying they don't know. I mean, there's a lot I don't know. And, uh, 
thankfully I'm comfortable with that because when people game and, you know, and pretend that they know something, it just comes, it comes across. You can, you can usually just feel it. So that's, you know, that's another piece of good advice, Liz, I think. Do you think there are different types of imposters though? Well, I think there are legitimate imposters. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Salespeople. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. My husband's in sales. Power to the sales. Hopefully he's in the other room and can't hear you. <laughs> no, it's it's interesting. Within the last two years of my life, I um I had cause to use the phrase confidence man. There was someone I had a business dealing with, a, a service person that I needed some some work done from. And it took a little while to figure out that it was an old school, I felt like it was in a 1950s film noir of like they were telling they were telling other people's stories as their own. They were claiming other people's work and it was amazing to see. So I can almost guarantee anybody who is listening to this podcast and is interested in their career and is focusing, we really don't have to worry. We're not that person. There's a couple, like you said, of those outliers that mm-hmm. I think getting rid of that worst fear. We're not, we're not the person who's confused and thinks we're good at everything. We're not this person who is truly a confidence man. You know, we're not trying to be something we're not. We are nervous in a moment mm-hmm. and we are unsure and doubting in a moment. And I think as much as we can minimize it and shrink it down to what it is in that moment, then it makes it easier to come out the other side. And in the same token that you'd have a friend or a colleague or a trusted ally be able to give you confidence, it's almost like or to tell you that your your imposter syndrome is false, you almost need that same person to give you what's true about you. Because that's a great gift too, if they give you some some feedback about how they see you and you let yourself trust their vision of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that has been tremendously helpful to me to have someone reflect back their experience of me to them. That's always helpful, even when there's opportunity for growth, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of real feedback is a gift. And I guess that's, I'm such a fan of mentors and and maybe that's a related topic of uh, when you have those people that are that trusted mentors, you've Mm -hmm. given them a little power over you and that can be intimidating, but it's back to that. If you don't take chances, you won't grow. So if you don't feel a little imposter syndrome, Mm -hmm. you're probably not pushing yourself maybe as much as you could and Mm -hmm. having somebody to balance you out. If you, if you shut off the gift for them to give you a correction, you shut off the gift for them to give you a comment that may tell you something about yourself you just didn't know before. Mm-hmm. And what a gift that is, because it may be something fantastic that you can really tap into. Absolutely. When I'm coaching, I often tell the person, I'm like, I'm metaphorically going to hold up a mirror right now and mm-hmm. I'm going to show you what I see. Mm-hmm. And then I reflect back whatever their struggling with. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't see that as a problem. I'm seeing this kind of awesome. And I'm not going to be at, you know, I'm, I'm being honest, Mm -hmm. but you know, when I have someone who's got multiple degrees that had a great career say, I can't do this because I'm an imposter. I'm like, let me show you what I see. I see someone who's got four patents and you know, the image that just clicked in my head is like, we're walking through a fun house and we're familiar with the concept of body dysmorphia. And we think Mm -hmm. we we can understand when people see themselves as less and we give Mm -hmm. them the feedback of all they are. Um, How many of us have skilled dysmorphia, right? hundred percent. Yeah. I think that's so true. Yeah. I think it is two phases. I think it's so, it's so hard to give ourselves self-talk. I think that's the the ultimate when you can give yourself that positive feedback Mm -hmm. loop. But it even takes some trust to find the person or persons that are your right counsel 
and trust that feedback. It's funny. I feel like we're coming back to those words, but that's really what's striking me because you can still keep the negative loop up if you don't mm-hmm. give yourself permission to trust somebody else to say something positive. And maybe people even, maybe that's another tip of even balance it in a scale. If you have to give yourself a, a ding on one side of the coin, then maybe you agree to give yourself a point on the other for this other thing, right? And like, at least if you're being harsh or you're just really unsure, just decide you're going to do it even Steven and, and put one point on each side so that it at least comes out neutral. And that maybe can keep you in motion. I mean, that for me, it's like, well, as long as it's balanced, right? Right. Then I can go. I can be bad about these 17 things, but these other 17 things I can, I can do. Awesome. You know, I think paying attention to, you know, those voices that we have in our head that may not be ours. I mean, there are, there might be, you know, we pick up things as kids that if we're not careful, we're going to carry with us into our adulthood, into our careers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if your father or your mother or anyone else in your family was super negative to you, Mm -hmm. you might be picking, you know, that might be playing into this whole element here. So that would be kind of good to pick apart and, uh, and to bring yourself forward in time and remind yourself that, you know, you're not five (laughs) and, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's different and you've got more resources now. So sometimes there's like a real origin for that kind of stuff. A lot of times it happens in our family. Sometimes it happens in school, but there, there may be an origin point. And if you're listening to this and hear, oh yeah, that makes sense to me. It might be worth it to work with someone to kind of isolate that and do some work around that because, we can do as much self-talk until we're exhausted, right? But if we don't kind of address the root of something, you know, it may continue to linger. So mm-hmm. I do a fair amount of, I heard you say this, when was the first time you remember that? Because I want to go back with someone and figure out where did this start and how do we nip that in the bud back then? Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, it's, it's complicated, right? I mean, humans are complicated in 2019. There's all sorts of technology and people are weird. And, you know, there's all sorts there's all sorts of reasons why people can can have wonky thinking, but um, sometimes it's a matter of going back to the origin and figuring out, well, wait a minute, you know, that person was actually kind of a jerk and uh, I'm not going to give them... They shouldn't be a trusted advisor. Yes, they're, they're no longer on that board of advisors. Right? No. But I love that because if you say, go back to where this is coming from, and maybe it is childhood and that a parent or a teacher or something... Maybe it's the last time you spoke and you got stumped by the questions or you didn't think to add this part to your presentation, whatever it was. So you're like, no, not going back. I stunk it up. And that's the point where the pushing of yourself and getting that board of advisors to kind of hold you up and push you there. So Mm -hmm. you get past it because the only way to get past that terrible speech is to do the next one. Right. Figure out, okay, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. And how am I going to correct that? And go out there and knock it out of the ballpark the next time. And how can I be set up for success to kill it next time? Because I need to make sure that I'm going to kill it next time. Mm-hmm. Thinking about what you guys often talk about with interview and the job process, like it is absolutely a time to fight imposter syndrome, starting mm-hmm. from, do you apply for jobs that you can be assured you'll get, or do you push yourself? Do you say, I'm not really worth that much, so you don't kind of engage in the salary process and discussion, or do you do you push? And, and it isn't comfortable for a lot of us, and particularly in the tech industry, I'm guilty too. It can be intimidating. There's a ton of smart people. There's a lot of people who can do a lot of the same things or have same job titles. What makes me stand out? I don't tend to enjoy hierarchy very much, so that can be difficult for me to push through. And so I think you you kind of have to 
write some of this stuff down and get yourself really mentally bolstered. Because mm-hmm. like I said, I'm a, I'm a fan. I've been listening to you guys. Mm-hmm. And I think to execute on a lot of your great advice, you've got to pump yourself up for the game. So it is important to practice whatever techniques work for you and, and recognize, again, it's a moment in time as well. When you answer the job offer, when you apply, when you, and if you break it down in those microbytes, maybe it's more manageable of, I'm going to have a little extra confidence right now. I'm just going to get through that today or this hour or, mm-hmm. and then I'll deal with it afterward. <laughs> and reward myself. But I think that, you know, a word that came up was introvert earlier. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that if you have any kind of introvert tendencies and maybe, you know, maybe it's funny if we say, well, salespeople don't, don't have them. Yeah, right, because they're so extroverted. Tend to be more extroverted. Right. Yep. And so for, people who have any introversion tendencies, maybe they're more susceptible to imposter syndrome. I don't know. What do you think? I call myself a high functioning introvert. And I definitely think that's true. Mm -hmm. It's like surface area to use the security analogy, right? Like I feel like I have a lot of surface area open to attack and, uh, (laughs) you know, I need to patch the system. Um, when I've been too exposed, I it's, it's palpable. It's like a physical thing. I can, I am a network in that moment. <laughs> well, yeah, and and learning to see ourselves as that is a whole other topic, right? And mm-hmm. and learning to fill up those gaps when we feel like we have them. But I think that all three of us are high functioning introverts. <laughs> you know, I think that was a surprise to me, Liz, when you shared that with me, because mm-hmm. I saw you as an extrovert, and I think I think the same, right? Right. I'm well. I'm a Gemini, so I'm both. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I think most introverts, like if anybody's even having a better day or had a little more chocolate or coffee, then we presume that person's extroverted more so than us. Like, it's funny how we do that stack ranking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) I think that for someone who doesn't always get their energy off the crowd or off the interaction or off getting Mm -hmm. new people, that when they're put into a position where they're going to have a spotlight, that's where that imposter syndrome rears its head because they're like, ah, spotlight bed. And then they start to do that self-talk thing that gets them to feeling that imposter feeling. And I don't know that- Very tied together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The energy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what can you do when you start to feel yourself going there? You know, you can feel your feet. Mm-hmm. right? Feeling your feet immediately gets you a little bit more grounded. You can take some breaths. Mm-hmm. The thing about breathing is you can do it in any situation and no one needs to notice. <laughs> it can make a huge difference in getting you present and clear mm-hmm. in the moment. And, you know, if we can just be present in the moment and not have our heads worrying about, you know, not have our minds worrying about whatever we're worrying about, mm-hmm. it's just so much easier to navigate whatever you're going to navigate if you're present. So mm-hmm. that's, uh, you know, that's where all those mindfulness tools can come in handy. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Amy, you said something really astute. It's like, you got to figure out what tools work for you. And those are the ones you use, right? I mean, there are tons and tons of tools out there, but if they don't work for you, they're meaningless. You sort of said the magical words while you were talking. I'm a big fan of, uh, I put in my headset, you know, I have my pump up music. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, talking about feel the moment, mine is, uh, it often is Eminem's lose yourself, right? (laughs) Which is about... (laughs) You got one opportunity. Don't blow it. <laughs> right, right. But 
I think of the last speaking engagement I did where it was at a conference. And so I could have been conferencing and I'm like, I need to go up into my room and I need to rest. I got in my jammies and into my bed, but I, and then I turn it on and I feel like I did a pretty good job. But if I had been conferencing that whole time, maybe I would have risen to the occasion because you do, but I'm so glad that I skipped that session. Mm-hmm. and took care of my needs so that I could not fight the imposter syndrome with renewed vigor. It's like I gave myself a little like boost. And I think, I think that's huge. Go, go to the ladies room. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There you go. Right? Whatever, whatever it takes, like a coffee break. Uh, I've got to make a phone call. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, that was my that was my tweet. My high functioning introvert tweet was about I didn't have anything on because I couldn't take that much more noise. Mm-hmm. I just had headset in, and like that's a sign in modern times to not approach. And so it gave me a little renewal time. And there are ways to steal, um, to use the uh, the forces for good, not evil, right? And to steal those moments. I am a big fan of like figuring out what your energy levels are. You don't have to be like everybody else. You need to protect it at the level that's right for you. Yeah. For me, eating properly is a huge big deal. I don't drink yeah. caffeine because mm-hmm. you can imagine my level of energy when people meet me and they go, oh my God. And it took me a long time. I'm so naive to realize that people must have thought I was on some sort of narcotic because it's not, it's just natural energy, but I can be a bit bouncy and and caffeine would put me in a, a mm-hmm. place where I really would be some sort of spastic giraffe is my <laughs> image of that. Um so figure that out, figure out your triggers and what your positive things are. And, and I love what you had said. Um, we're talking about, we all work from home and like when you put on your work clothes, it signifies something different. And I am a, I'm a late in life soccer player and I have a little bit of a ritual that I always wear. We don't wear shin guards cause it's a no contact league, but I put on soccer socks cause those are the only socks that I wear with my soccer boots. Mm-hmm. And when I put the socks on, I've decided that's the moment that I become a footballer right? Mm-hmm. I'm not a soccer mom. I'm not an employee. I'm, I am that. And I think suited up. Yes. Yes. And, and we have that for sports and we have that for like the arts, you know, you wear your outfit for orchestra or choral mm-hmm. performance. You, we have all these rituals that maybe if we think what that is, is it your conference pin? Is it your, your special pair of shoes? Is it your, if we can imbue something with power and let that guide us, I think that's also a good trick. It helps us get mentally in the space we want to be in. Awesome. I mean, you're obviously huge on Twitter and what role does social media play Mm -hmm. in imposter syndrome for good and for evil? Good question. That'd be a good, healthy debate. I'm actually like, I'm, I'm still an ongoing fan of it. And I have been fortunate. I have certainly seen people kind of reach out and make innocent comments and be attacked. And I, I think that is really unfortunate. So I know that I have been lucky in some ways and I hate to even say that. So I recognize the ills that come with it. Mm-hmm. For me, it is a matter of recognizing that I am in some ways a caricature. I'm mm-hmm. comms ninja on social media. I'm Amy Lewis in real life. Um, mm-hmm. There is a distinction, you know, comms ninja never cries, never gets tired. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's some real talk in there from time to time, but you know, She's not doing laundry usually, although I bragged about my daughter doing laundry today. So that's not even true. (laughs) So I think you have to decide where you can personally put in your mental limits and where it feeds you and where it doesn't cut it off. We've we've been having a lot of great conversation about Instagram at work. 
And that one's a real sacred platform for me, if you will. It's about puppies and food pictures and people's graduation. And I love it to pieces. And I just don't participate in anything that would bring me down or Mm -hmm. make me have FOMO or like anything else. Like it is purely like the joy of somebody's vacation. But that's me and my personality. I don't feel any envy. I just, I'm like, woohoo, they've got their camera and they're taking me along. I've been to France. I'm going to Scotland with a friend right now. I really okay. just, I hop on board. I look at all the pictures, guys. So stalker yeah. alert. <laughs> <laughs> I love that though, when someone's on a trip and I'm like, oh, look where we are. Yeah, and I'm like totally. so excited to be there because I probably haven't been to the place. So it's, it's so exciting. So I I think that's, you know, and it's different for everybody. So what's right for me isn't right for somebody. Mm -hmm. If someone has more leanings toward, I really have been thinking about this week. FOMO Mm -hmm. isn't my thing. So I can Mm -hmm. use social media freely and like, it doesn't bug me. I'm a pretty type A personality. So being a soccer mom and going to tryouts this week, I really had to put a shield up to not like, I'm not playing. I have my own game. I play my own game. My socks aren't on. I'm not in this. Like It's a different role, right? You're in a different different role. And my job is not to be crazy, but learning that I don't have as good barriers there, totally frank. Like I did have to step out a couple of times. I had to take a phone call, like faking it. I had to like, excuse myself because there were a couple of folks whose energy was just really like competitive. And I didn't want that switch to flip for me. Um, So know where your, know where your limits are. It's the same as somebody would tell you if I can't be alone with a pan of brownies, like I gotta, I know what my limits are. So just don't have them in the home. Right. Mm -hmm. And if social media does not work for you, maybe one platform does, maybe you turn off the other one, maybe all of them work because you spend a little time each one and you don't feel devoted. Got to figure out what works. And I think that's really important. You know, the more we can know who we are, the more we can give ourselves what we need to be able to thrive. Yeah. Right. And and again, it's a way of asking for help, I suppose, because I will own like, don't leave me with your brownies or peanut butter because I'll eat them. <laughs> They're gone. Together. <laughs> Together, especially. Yes. But I think that it's true because if you find yourself like checking Facebook and saying, oh, I wasn't invited to that or, oh, they have the best life and, oh, their husband loves them more than mine does me or whatever it is, you know, maybe Facebook isn't for you. Yeah, right. If you, but if you yeah. feel bad about yourself every time you go to Facebook, check yourself because you're wrecking yourself. For sure. Right. And especially if there's certain people that you consistently feel that way, well, there's a little button called unfollow that's not unfriend and no one needs to know. No. Oh, mute too. I swing the band hammer with great, great uh, dignity. I mute all the time. It's like mm-hmm. my version of the Southern placid smile. Yeah. That's right. I'm still smiling. I'm yeah. not hearing you even a little bit. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. Bless, I bless hearts all the time with that mute button. Oh, gosh. But it's true because you don't want to unfollow someone you're going to run into no. at the grocery store tomorrow. But you certainly don't want to hear what they have to say. Right. No, no. And it, I feel really good about it. And it's, it's amazing because mm-hmm. I have really curated that life so that I enjoy thoroughly people's children growing up and Mm -hmm. I cry with them when they're sorrow. And I, I I feel very connected to them as humans Yeah, and not even a scrap of envy, but again, that's me. And I've sort of maybe a diluted, that's my strategy, sort of like everything. I'm a little bit everywhere. So it may Mm -hmm. be more diluted than it would be, you know, if I felt very tied to one particular thing, but I think Mm -hmm. there's a million ways to do it. And if that's completely excluding it, like me, I cannot stand next to a competitive soccer parent. Like mm-hmm. I'll catch it like a virus. And if I know that time for a phone call, <laughs> it's killing me. 
Okay. Now Amy's not going to ever be allowed to take another phone call because I'm like, she's faking. She doesn't have a call. She's just putting her headphones in. She hates me. Oh my gosh. Why are we in a fight? There we go. Secret self. And, and there goes the self-talk. Boom, boom, boom. When you end up down in a trail you don't necessarily want to be on. But that's the beauty of it. You know, you can pull it back once you realize you're there. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And I think people should just say that to themselves. Like, mm-hmm. it's back to the whole scale thing. I'm a big fan of it. Like, does this make me uh, feel better or worse? Right. right? Yeah. Is this, does this spark joy? You know? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I had to go there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But I also think that reminding ourselves of the choices. So if I'm looking at someone who maybe started out around when I did and now they're, global VP of everything and its mother. And I'm like, Oh, look at me. I stay in guided. I made choices and we all made choices. And sometimes we make good choices and sometimes we learn from our choices and everything in between. And I think it's when we're feeling imposter syndrome or, or FOMO and Mm -hmm. there's, there's a difference, but they're related that we have to look back in that mirror and say, those were my choices and Mm -hmm. I don't regret them. And I learned yeah. from every one of them. And if you didn't learn from them, it's maybe time to think about that. But it's never too late. Never too late. No. <laughs> it's never too late to learn from your choices. But if you no. say, I'm an imposter because I did make good career choices and, and people who started with me aren't there or whatever. No, you made those choices. We all have chosen for different reasons to do different things at different times. And I think looking back at your journey and remembering your mindset in that moment because hindsight sucks. It's like, you can look back and be like, why didn't I do that? Oh yeah. Because I didn't know X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But yes, I've done that to myself many times. I'm like, well, clearly if I were a master of the universe and a time traveler, but that is not how that works. Hey, we make the best decisions we can with what we know at the time. And hopefully the goal is as we, as time goes on, we learn more and we make better decisions. Yes. I like to make new mistakes. I'm a big fan of it. <laughs> totally. And I'm good at it too, really. <laughs> That's quite a skill. In our company, we try to, you know, mistakes are okay as long as we learn from them, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's a culture that we try to build because it's not comfortable to be around people who are afraid to make mistakes or cult companies who have cultures, you know. You can feel that when you walk in and people are afraid to express themselves and that's not good either. Right. Again, one last soccer analogy, but my favorite as daughter who is a goalkeeper has taught me a lot. And it's a job where they literally count your mistakes. That is the public scoring system is the mistakes you made. And I have learned so much about mental resilience from how they train them because they teach them. If you don't try, you never make the big save and you're going to get scored on. It's a darn big goal and nobody's as big as that thing. And, you know, everybody, there's, there's 11 people trying to shoot it your way, so to speak. And even though you've got 10 supporting you, like in the end, it's just you. And I, I really love that kind of mentality of like, you're going to make a mistake. Mm -hmm. Um, But we count the saves. My daughter's pretty young and it can be pretty crushing high scoring games. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we started a, a, a more experienced mentor mom taught me count the saves Oh, that's awesome. And I think we should do more of that in our own lives. We so often chalk up only when we get scored on and we mm-hmm. don't count the saves. I love that. I, I don't think we have a better place to end than that. Uh-uh. 
No, that's it. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, and hopefully we can have you back again sometime soon because this was just too much fun. I um I feel like I've inadvertently joined your podcast. So thank you. I'll be taking it later. Next week on the Cat Liz Maybe Show. <laughs> thank you, Amy. You've been fabulous. And I I would love to, I can't wait to see the discussion that comes out of this episode yes. because I think the more that we talk about fear and imposter syndrome and everything like that, especially in the workplace, the more people can be honest and the more people cannot feel afraid and alone. And that's really the goal here. So thank you so much for joining us. This is Real Job Talk, a podcast about jobs, careers, and what's not said at the water cooler. Our website with all Real Job Talk related information is realjobtalk.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please send us your questions, topics you'd like to talk about, and real job talk stories. And you may find them featured on a future episode. Use the website or email us at realjobtalk at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Real Job Talk. And on Instagram and Facebook at Real Job Talk Show. My name is Kat Troyer. You can find me on Twitter at Daily Cat. And on LinkedIn, you can find me via Kathleen Nelson Troyer. And I'm Liz Bronson. On Twitter, I'm at Liz Beeks and Salt. And on LinkedIn, I'm Liz Bronson. Real Job Talk is a Tech Reckoning production. Our producer is John Mark Froyer. Our graphic artists are Lexi and Zachary Bronson. And we're here by the water cooler waiting to talk with you. <laughs> <laughs>